Welcome in the somewhat mobile. When we drop data, it's not anecdotal. Talking the latest mobile trends with highlighting the surges and descends. Yeah, this is an original series from Aptopia. The intelligence provider here to help focus you. I'm growing your mobile app and putting you on the map. So when people pull out their phone, it's the first thing they want to tell. So crack yourself a beer and give a listen here because the best podcast and mobile just landed in your ear. Welcome into Somewhat Mobile, the show mobile app teams listen to when they need to hear someone else's voice besides their manager. Today, joining me is Cynthia Kleinbaum-Milner, Chief Customer Officer at Money Lion. Cynthia, if you're eating shrimp pad thai or shrimp scampi or really any dish with shrimp in it, do you prefer the tail to be on or the tail to be off? Um, on. I do take it off, but I prefer when it comes with the tail on. I feel like it's more fresh. <laughs> Interesting. This is a big pet peeve of mine, which is why I'm... Yeah. I'm asking people this because when I, for me, that like that ruins, I, I see what you're saying with the freshness, but that ruins the eating experience, right? Like when I'm eating like a pat, like I don't want to have to dig my hands in and like remove the thing. I just want to eat. Oh, I, I don't use my hands. I don't use my hands. There's that technique where you like use the fork, you like use the fork to pin the, the shrimp and then with a knife, you kind of pull it out. I don't use my hands. Okay. So first of all, that will be. I will immediately try that next time. But next, that's that's interesting. I would prefer almost every restaurant you go to, it's the tail is on, it's in there, that's how they cook it. But I don't like doing the work. And, and I went to one restaurant, which made me think of this. It was a shrimp scampi, and they had removed the tails for me. And I was just able to eat, and I loved it. It was just, it was nice. So I, I'm just, I'm polling the people. Okay. <laughs> All right. This is a, a, a different start of a podcast that I've ever experienced. Yeah, yeah. No, we like to ease into things here. I working hard isn't isn't that fun. So, but we'll 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 get into it now, and we're going to start with the basics. So, Cynthia, I want to know who you are, how you got to Money Lion, what Money Lion is, and what you do there today. Okay, so four questions in one. I'm Cynthia <laughs> Kleinbaumiller. <laughs> I'm the Chief Customer Officer at Money Lion. And um, I lead a team of marketers, mostly product marketers, performance marketers, and the lifecycle marketers that are gold with acquiring and retaining our customers. And I got here via, I don't know what, like 20 years of marketing that spanned, like I started my career in consumer goods at Nestle, and then I've done performance marketing. Roles I've had performance marketing roles in digital companies like Gilt. Remember back in the day, the flash sales. I've heard of them, yeah. Like, yeah, Gilt and then Bonobos. And uh, before I came to Money Lion, I was working at Walmart, where I led marketing for online grocery, Walmart Plus, and the mobile app of it used to be two apps and then one app of Walmart. That's right. I remember that. Were you, were you there when they merged? Yes. Mm, okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, fun times. Awesome. So how are the current economic conditions impacting Moneyline's business? Obviously, you guys are you know, a personal finance app. Can you talk to us more about what the app does for people and how the current situation is impacting the business? Uh, sure. I actually didn't answer your fourth question before, so thank you for reminding me. I might have cut <laughs> you off. It's all good. So what, what's Moneylion? Moneylion is a one-stop destination for personalized financial content, product, and advice. What this means 
is that people can come to our app to learn how to manage their money, but also to take action. And like probably every company in the world, we we experience the economic conditions in a very unique way. For us, we are seeing some shifts in consumer demand that are pretty obvious and expected, right? More people are interested in our lending products, less people are interested in investing in crypto. On the on the on the supply side, because we have a marketplace, and the supply side means the partners that offer financial products, lenders are becoming more strict when it comes to approving those those loans. Mm-hmm. the The good news or good thing about Money Lion is that we were built for an environment like this. What I mean is, we have a portfolio of products that can serve people when they are in times of need and when they are in times of excess. So we feel very good about our ability to really weather the storm and continue being an indispensable resource for our customers, no matter their financial situation. We we didn't build a company only for times of need or only for times of excess, which many of our competitors, that's what they did. Our approach was let's Take the person, let's offer them something for what we say, what we call it for every time you money. And that's what we have now, a portfolio of products for every time they money. Uh, From a marketing perspective, we're obviously keeping an eye on a payback period of our customer acquisition investments. We used to be much more focused on CAC. And right now, CACs are getting lower because there's so many people applying for our lending products, Mm. right? But the lifetime value of those customers is different because cohorts are behaving differently. So we just have to keep a, a, a like an eye on the data, on the cohort views, so we can continue having a really short payback period. It used to be easier. All cohorts behave the same. Like you could predict on month one, the lifetime value, or even on week one, the lifetime value of a customer. But right now people behave differently because the environment is changing so rapidly. So we're we're having to adjust how we spend our money and the KPIs that we look at. And really other than that, we're just focused on what we can control. We feel like we have a solid strategy. And in one, two, three years from now, what will matter is how we manage to execute that plan. So I was my next question was going to be like, how do you, how do you guys make money? What's the most valuable thing you know for you to entice customers to do? Is it is it is it loans? Is it what we just talked about? It, I mean, it's one of them. But if if that was the only thing that drove value, then we would you would have an easier time comparing us to any of the other companies that offer loans. But we offer loans, investments, advice, and don't forget we also have an enterprise business. So. Let me tell you actually about the two sides of the business because the, the answer to your question is it's more complex than just loans. Okay, yeah, break it we down have, for us. So we have an enterprise business that connects customers with products that are personalized and based on their own context and whatever is happening in their financial life. And this strategy drives value both for our individual customers and to our enterprise partners that offer those services. Then our infrastructure leverages machine learning and really advanced data science that solve a significant pain point in financial services, customer acquisition. Like everybody is trying to figure out how to acquire customers. The API that we provide 
really is the most efficient funnel or a very efficient funnel for our enterprise customers because it bridges financial institutions and product partners and new sites and content publishers. We call them uh, channel partners. And then on the consumer side, which is, I think, what you're more comfort- like more familiar with, sure. we have that direct-to-customer or direct-to-consumer fintech platform. We offer many products. We offer digital banking, managed investing portfolios, crypto trading. We help our customers to save for the future. We have Instacash, which is that a 0% APR cash advance that provides faster access to earned income. We have a really cool credit building product that I didn't know about how how uh, how much anybody doesn't matter your financial situation unless you are you have the top credit score you can always improve it and you can always use a product like this one um, and we have a marketplace so if you think about I just told you like one product one product one product one product and then the marketplace it's every financial product that you could possibly need. You can come and get it at Money Lion. So the way that we make money is both on the enterprise side and on the consumer side by offering all of this. Okay. So yeah, there's a there's a lot of different products and services there. And so now that leads me to wonder, how do you like segment your, you know, if if I download your app, I might be, I might have downloaded it for a very different reason than someone else. And so your customer engagement, your customer communications, I'm imagining you're going to want to segment those by what people are interested in or what you're trying to get them to yeah. check out based on what they've already looked at. Is that like on internally, is that like a maze? How are you managing that? Are you using any tools? Talk to me a little bit about that, that customer engagement, yeah. retention, communication yeah. situation. Yeah. So that's actually the secret sauce of Money Lion because we have proprietary algorithms when it comes to personalization. But uh, I think if you if you think of content, surfa- surfacing content in a continuum of everybody gets the same content to everybody gets it personalized. And you were talking about segmented, right? Like that's kind of in the middle. That's maybe there's like six, seven journeys that we can we can right. take people through or personalize. We we have elements of our experience that are segmented and elements of our experience that are completely personalized. And the way that we do it is via implicit and explicit data collection. Explicit data collection is we ask you something and you tell us you, you tell us the answer and then we surface the content. For example, if you okay. download our app, the first time that that you engage with us, we're going to ask you, what, what what are your goals? Are you trying to save, to buy a house, to buy a car? What is it that you're trying to do? Uh, what you tell us may be very different from what you actually need because there's there's some, uh, you know, like sometimes people answer surveys with with their dream of what they actually want to do, but they actually, they should be doing something else. So the <laughs> implicit part is what's the secret sauce because when you come to Money Lion, some of the actions that you take are linking your bank account or or opening actually an account with us, a raw money account, which means we start getting insight into how often you're getting paid, how much you're getting paid, how much you're saving, how much you're spending. All of this data gets incorporated in the algorithm that then surfaces not just the products that we're going to offer you, but the content, the education, the, the inspiration that we're going to put in front of you that will actually get you to ultimately reach financial freedom, which is what we want every one of our users to achieve. 
Yeah. So, so you have, um, yeah, right away, your onboarding experience is what yeah. helps you figure. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Um, what do you think is, I mean, you, you again, your app is uh, different in that it's like really servicing you're, or you're trying to service like the full spectrum of, uh, financial needs for a, for a person. And so in a way, yeah, you, you are like, uh, I was going to say seasonality proof, but just like market proof almost just because the needs of, of people are changing and, and you have something to provide. So it's it's like you have a, a balanced portfolio of stocks, you know, if one thing's down, another's up. But through all of that, is there is there like some killer feature that you guys have developed or something that people love uh, that is like this st- you find is like the stickiest feature, meaning when a user finds this or uses it, they're like X percent more likely to uh, be retained as a Moneyline customer? I mean, yeah, and it's it's the newest, uh, the newest feature or the newest experience at Moneylion, which is our content feed. And anyone listening, I encourage you to, to download the app and you're going to see the tab that is called Discover. And we call it content as a product, right? Because it, it is a product, even though it's not, it's not a loan, it's not a bank account. We're treating it as a product because we know many of our users are going to come and consume content before they actually engage with any any of the financial products. And this is similar. So this feed is similar to what you see in social media apps. I don't know how familiar you are with the new this new trend of influencers or content creators that focus on financial advice. Oh, yeah. I've, like, seen, I've seen a few on TikTok. Tomorrow. Exactly. So it's blowing up. That's how millennials and especially Gen Z are learning how to manage their finances. And the two main differences. So, so think about our app has that same feel. So it feels like a feed of content of financial advice. and financial Something advice. your users are used to. Exactly. They're used to. We're putting it in our world garden because what that allows us to do is, number one, we can control how relevant the content is, right? Because of what I told you a couple of minutes right. ago, we know what you actually need from a financial advisor. So we put the right content in front of you. And the second one, which is, I think, a, like even more important, is how actionable that content is. You may learn something on TikTok. Some fa- influencer can tell you to do something to save money, to like plan it could, for- It could be something stupid whatever. as well. Yeah, so- <laughs> something stupid but what if somebody you're you are on tiktok and somebody tells you you know what there is this great way to refinance your auto insurance then you have to go and probably do a google search to find like to to do whatever that influencer told you to do we are shortening the distance between learning something and being able to take action because technically when you come to money lion you learn something and you can click the button and then take action right away. So we're taking that trend that um, influencers are driving and just bringing yeah. it in-house. And we are seeing positive signs on engagement and return rate among customers that consume this content. Do you use any influencers in your ad creatives? I didn't actually, we have a, two, I should have looked. I didn't check out your ad creatives before this, yes. but uh, yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And are I they- mean, we have like, sorry, go ahead. No, like I'm curious. I've always wondered how well celebrity endorsements like work, and I know they're potentially below the level of what someone might call a celebrity. But are are those ads more effective when you have a influencer versus when you don't? 
So I think it's um, it's more important where you use them. Like I would never put a influencer in an ad outside of the platform where they are. It has to feel super organic. So yeah, if you see an ad on TikTok with a influencer talking about Money Lion, it okay. just feels so organic that it works. If I do that and I put it like, I don't know, as a display ad or yeah. a display network, that, that I, I don't think that would work as well. So we try to create ads, performance ads that are very contextual. And also remember there's different stages in the funnel and sometimes lower in the funnel, we need something that it's um, more simple. Yeah, like maybe people don't have like the five minutes, the, the five, 10 seconds that a influencer would take. It's just an ad. Depending on where you are in the funnel, influencers are better or worse. So we A-B tested all. Awesome. And are, are you know, you, you mentioned the discover tab, the, the content, it's really sticky. Is that something that you are, when there's a new piece of content that you think someone's into, you uh, send them a push notification? Is it an email? Do you not send yeah. it to them at all because you know they're coming or... No, t- totally. We we have a like a life cycle engine that takes into account what you consumed. And we have some really popular, we call them shows where, I mean, even though they're short, we call them shows and they, some of them have very relevant news. Some of them summarize the news from last week on Mondays. So those shows always get pushed through life cycle channels. At, at what point in the in the customer journey do you ask them, if they will enable push notifications in the very beginning. So when they download the app, when they install the app, and then when we see them engaging with the app, we, we remind them not every time that they come, but if, if, yeah. they, if they push notifications, they opt out of push notifications and we see them coming to the app. If we have something very relevant, then we tell them like, next time do you want us to send you a push notification? Right, so right. It, it's a, it's a back and forth because people do opt out of push notifications and it's a big, um, a big loss. I mean, we have sure. things to tell them that we think are going to be useful. I often think apps ask a little too early, depending on what the app is. Like certain apps, you just, of course, I want to push notification. That's why I'm downloading it. Um, but other apps, I like. I'm just, I'm just starting to explore. I don't really know what I'm finding useful yet. And they just like the second you open it, they're like, "Do you want push notifications?" I'm like, "I don't know." So I click no. And then I would like to, because I don't want to have to go into the settings and find it. Exactly. I would like to later be asked again, because maybe I've changed my mind. And I don't want to do the work of having to find it. Exactly. So we do remind them, but also there's other apps that ask you every time you open the app. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I mean, you <laughs> right. me, in the last five times, I haven't changed my mind. Give me some time to breathe. <laughs> That's right. That should be an yeah. option. Yes, no, give me time to breathe. So I, you you, t- you talked um, that, you know, in, in different market situations, you're, you're focused more on CAC. And so that's lower for you right now. And so I don't know how applicable my next thought is, but I was wondering, um, especially with on, on iOS, um, with Apple tracking transparency, if you've been trying any like new or different, uh, things to acquire users and and how those have been working out. Well, so there's two strategies that we're really leading into. One of them I just told you about the influencers and it's maybe a little bit higher in the funnel. And um, the other one is embedded finance, which is not necessarily relevant. It, for what is it? Embedded what? Embedded finance. And I'll tell you what it means because it's really just relevant to financial services. It's this industry that has been growing a lot lately, which em- by embedding, we, we mean we put a financial product 
in a non-financial experience. So let's say that you are on a, any publication. Um, I mean, it can be literally like us weekly people, or it can be a financial publication. But let's say that you're in a non-financial publication reading an article about how to make the most out of your budget for the holiday season, which there's a lot of those articles. I mean, it's not crazy to put a get a loan so you can pay for those things that you're, right. you're, you you buy at the lowest APR rate, and you can actually apply for the loan right there. So that's what we mean. It's a, We're embedding the financial service mm-hmm. funnel in a non-financial experience. And with how many people are now, or like the amount of time that people are spending online, it's just natural that we, we wanted to get in front of those people everywhere they are, not just when they're ready to consume or to, to interact and to get a financial product. So embedded finance, it's something that we're really betting on because our enterprise business is embedded finance. It's a we acquired a company called Even Financial, and through Even, we put our financial products in a wide range of non-financial publications, and it's a really efficient acquisition channel because it's completely performance-based. What's an example of? Do you just like have like a, a sample publication that you know you're in? Yeah, we're on MSNBC. We can, Blake, can we send him the, the maybe the website where we are so he can see what it looks like? We have this. This so won't be helpful people. for the visitors, but it'll satisfy my curiosity. I mean, the listeners. Okay. <laughs> you can, can't you put it in, isn't there like thumbnails on there? We might be able to figure something out. Yeah, yeah, figure it out because I think it's super, super interesting. And it's, it's the future that is here now. Like people will be buying financial. I, I, yeah, you you got to meet the people where they are. So I I, I like it. I think that's um, it's easier than making them come to you for sure. Yeah. All right. And so uh, I work for a company called Eptopia, which is probably pretty obvious to our listeners at this point. But we are a competitive intelligence company, and so something I like to ask uh, our guests are: How do you keep an eye on the competition? How big of a role does that play for you? Like how? How do your competitors' moves, good or bad, uh, impact like yeah. decisions that you're making? I mean, do you want me to tell you we don't? <laughs> of course we do. Of course we do. I mean, whatever, whatever. Uh, that, that's why your company exists because it's super important to keep an eye on our competitors. What are the things that we track them on? Of course, we have creative, uh, competitive analysis. Mm-hmm. How how they speak, where they invest, but. One of the things that we really look with a magnifying glass is their ASO strategies, because you know what, like ASO is yeah, app store optimization like, for anyone who's not familiar. Yeah, uh, yeah, app store optimization. So we're looking always at which of our competitors are improving in ranking, and what are the keywords that are driving that rank that ranking improvement, and we consider is this something is this a keyword that we think we should own, we think we should bet on. And we're always optimizing our own keywords. And then, I mean, I don't know, I think because this is a mobile uh, a mobile podcast, probably people are aware that if, if you so. rank high, then you get more visibility. And it's almost like a self, like a positive loop, like a positive cycle that right. you're at the top of the ranking. So then more people see you. So then you stay at the top of the ranking. So really for us to get at the top of the ranking, we do a lot of competitive in comparison and we track their every move. On the other hand, we are doing something that nobody else has done, right? Like we don't have a direct competitor because 
you could argue that neobanks are our competitors or any financial institution is our competitor. Right. However, also any financial publication, even your tax, your financial advisor is our competitor because we are providing that content layer. So we keep an eye on our competitors, but we try to more keep an eye to the like towards the future, to the customer, less so to the competitor in one sense, because we don't want to just follow what they do since we're ahead of them. Right. They might be targeting something a little more specific or niche to potential. Exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you, you mentioned this earlier, but you've, I was looking at your LinkedIn and I saw that you've um, been in marketing with mobile before Moneyline. And so I was curious over the past few years, what's changed about how companies are approaching marketing their mobile apps. Um, And maybe Walmart is an interesting example just because they are not mobile first. Um, But what anything you got, I'm I'm all ears. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think Walmart is very different than most companies. Most companies will want and want now to prioritize their app because app installs is becoming one of the key KPIs, right? Mm -hmm. And it's in part because of what we were talking about before that getting to the top, it's uh, it drives the flywheel. But right. also, as crazy as this may sound, app installs and app ranking is now starting to appear in the Wall Street analysis. Like literally, analysts are uh, uh, like oh, oh, yeah. making forming opinions on companies based on their movement in the app store. For Walmart, that's not the case. Walmart is at the top, always number one or number two, like between between Walmart and Amazon in terms of right. um, like the they actually did really well this past Black Friday. In case you're curious, <laughs> yes, yes, I know, I know. Yeah, so it's um, I, I don't think it's the same. There's the same level of urgency, sense of urgency, because there's a lot of organic growth of the of the app. But for all other companies, I'm seeing CMOS having app installs and app ranking as one of the main KPIs. That wasn't the case before. Another change is like optimizing for post-install events. In the beginning, when app marketing started, it was all about CPI. Let's get get the the install as cheaply as possible. And, you know, there's a lot of hacks you can do to get a lot of installs, which hacking your way to having a lot of installs for ranking purposes, it's one of the things you may want to do, but... The post-install event is the most important one because it's the one that drives actual, like, real value to the company. And that's another evolution that I'm seeing. Less focus on just the install, more focus on the post-install well, event. It's, it's it's cheaper to to retain a user than to to acquire them in, in almost exactly. all cases. Yeah. And then from a channel perspective, I mean... Five years ago, we weren't spending as much, as much money on uh, app install campaigns in social media. Right now, social media takes a big chunk of our budget. From a creative perspective, I mean, the name of the game is personalization. We have dynamic content optimizations and other techniques that didn't exist five years ago. And then ASO. ASO is its own little uh, function now that, I mean, if I if there's anyone... Now, starting their career in marketing, I would tell them just like get in ASO because you're always going to have a job. It's very hard to hire talent on ASO. It's a, it's a new function and it has a lot of value. I didn't know that. I do know there's a lot of ASO agencies out there. And so I think a lot of companies, rather than necessarily hiring internally, will leverage these agencies. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
Awesome. All right, back to fintech apps specifically. Can you give us any insight into either what you think is coming next for you know your personal you know fintech industry or even just Money Lion itself? I, I think this is for Money Lion and for the industry in general. Uh, I, I expect to see real momentum address the financial literacy crisis that we have in in the country. A lot of efforts, including Money Lion University and our content feed, are meant to engage this new generation to actively manage their financial lives. Like I am actually very optimistic that millennials and especially Gen Z are going to be the generation that really takes ownership of their financial freedom and feels empowered empowered, and just like their financial lives doesn't rule their lives and ruin their lives. Yeah, it's so interesting. It's like... um you're right. They they are very reliant on companies like yourself with your with your content feed and and influencers because when you go to school, at least when I went to school, they don't teach finance uh, until you really get to or they don't teach personal finance really at any point. Um they they teach you, "Hey, you're you're going to school to get a job so you can make money, but then they don't explain to you like the importance of money or or anything else. They just like everything you're doing, it's funny, everything you're doing is so you can get a job and make money one day. But then that's kind of where it stops. There's it, it would be interesting if they could start putting some personal finance education, like in I mean, I guess as early as middle school. Exactly. I mean, there is a it's so clear the correlation between lack of financial education and then the outcomes of people not being able to to plan for the retirement or right. to uh, just like not be thinking about money all the time. They like people think about money all the time because it's really, it's the source of a lot of anxiety. So anyway, I, I we can have another sure. entire podcast <laughs> if you want about all the, the, the implications of the financial literacy crisis that we have, but we're doing our part and Gen Z and millennials are doing their part by consuming the content and acting on it. So I'm optimistic of the future. That's right. Awesome. Um, okay. Are you ready to uh, play our game of two apps and a lie? Okay. All right. I'll, I'll explain the rules. Uh, it's extremely simple. I'm just going to read three apps, their name and their app store descriptions. And mm-hmm. one of them is uh, completely made up by me. And the other two are real apps that exist in the app stores. And you just have to see if you can spot the fake one. Um, this game okay. was meant to be super easy, honestly. Um, and for whatever reason, it's it's turned out to be hard. Um, so not a lot of people can tell the difference. But you, uh, I, th- I think you seem like you got a good shot here today. So are you ready? Ready, yeah. All right. The first app, its name is Blower. Mm-hmm. It blows air. Unlock the new mind-blowing feature on your iPhone. Blow out candle or lighter flames. Let flames dance to the beat of the music or control flames with your voice. Blower uses secret hardware features of your iOS device. Try it yourself and be amazed. Start your blower and feel the air flowing from the speaker opening today. Okay, the next app is Fake an Excuse. Have you ever been in a phone conversation that just wouldn't end? Do you find it hard to think of a good way to hang up without sounding rude? Download Fake an Excuse today and let your phone excuse you from any situation. Fake an Excuse comes uh, jam-packed with over 45 realistic sounds to help you escape from prolonged calls. Killer B attack, being pulled over, weak signal, 
government wiretaps, etc. Fake an excuse will get you off the phone in no time. Simply select the excuse sound you want to play, hit the start excuse button, and your excuse begins. You can also record your own if there's something we missed. And then the the final app we have, no cheating, don't look at your phone, is called... No, I'm uh, not cheating. I'm taking okay. the, I'm, I'm writing the... Oh, 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 amazing. Taking notes. I love it. I love I love that you're taking this very seriously. This is excellent. All right. And the third app is called Stop I Voted. Uh, say goodbye to political spam you never asked for in the first place, except you probably did somehow at one point, because why else would they have your number? This is an app for after you voted. It's available in the US and Canada. Once you voted, simply toggle on the I voted option on the home screen. And from now on, phone calls asking you to get out and vote or donate around election cycles will be sent directly to voicemail. You can even record a custom message for the caller, letting them know in whatever colorful language you'd like to use that you've already voted. Stomp I Voted even combats unwanted text messages by silencing the text alert notification and auto-responding with stop to unsubscribe you from further interruptions. Stomp I Voted is the app all political parties can rally around. Download today or we'll be giving you a call. All right. So Cynthia, is yeah. the fake app Blower, the it blows air out of the phone speaker, uh, fake an excuse, makes a sound to uh, get you off the phone, uh, <laughs> like a killer bee attack, or stop I voted to cut down on all the uh, the spam around the, the election cycles that you receive on your phone? What do you think? I mean, it, I have a feeling that fake an excuse is real. Okay. I'm I'm gonna go with blower is fake. Blower is in fact a real app that uh you can control the air that comes out of your it's like a vent fan essentially, right? When your computer, or your phone overheat, they can vent out and it takes control over that and you can it doesn't sound that fun, but I guess you can blow out a candle with it. <laughs> the the oh, fake oh, app. I will- yeah. Yes, the fake app was <laughs> Stop I Voted, uh, which was actually a recommendation uh, from my VP of marketing because she was like getting inundated with uh, calls. She said, you know, this Why would be a- she do it? I bet you it can be done. She should quit her job and go build that for us. Yeah, well, I don't want her to quit her job. She's 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 doing a good job for us so far. So <laughs> you can be the boss. Yeah, that's I'll I'll let her know. <laughs> actually, she listens, so I'm sure I'm sure she'll uh, she'll hear your 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 words of advice. All right, Cynthia, okay. this was awesome. I uh, really appreciate you uh, coming on and dropping some uh, some fintech knowledge for us. Thank you. It was very nice, um, very nice talking to you. And um, I will be listening when you post it. Awesome. This is it. What? Lucini pouring from the sky. Let's get rich. What? The cheeky finds the sugar dimes. Can't quit. What? Now pop the caucus in the Vega and get lit. What? 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 Introducing Phantom of the Dark Walk through my head Vent with levitation from reefers Drenching defense and each seven Show bolting with rugas Flash vines Belafonte digger Let's get forward this birth As we confiscate your figures Yes, and over brown Levitating G-